Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Montreal-born Chantal Stafford-Abbott has worked as an international fashion model for over a decade, living in New York City, Paris, London, and other fashion capitals of the world. She moved back to Montreal in 2017 to pursue her studies in human relations at Concordia and founded The Deep Space that year. The Deep Space is a monthly conversation series that helps open-minded people who want to explore common experiences through safe and non-judgmental conversations in a community setting. Her mission is to create safe spaces for human conversations in modern settings. Here's Chantel. Well, thank you so much, Chantel, for joining in on the fun on the Brand Party podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And so I'm going to dive right in and ask you, how does Brand Party resonate with you? Well, I have to say from the moment that, first of all, that I met you and we were crazily exchanging video messages and audios and whatnot, I think it was through our DMs or maybe through the Make Lemonade community. I immediately felt like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This is cool. I want to be part of this. I just think the energy that you bring to things and everything I've seen so far and the episodes I've listened to, I just, first of all, I love the word party and anything around celebration and getting excited about things. I mean, it's very on brand for me. And so I just love the energy that's happening over here. I love it. Amazing. And so obviously it doesn't always feel like a party, but what would you say to those who feel overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now? Well, I think something that's interesting, and I wonder if you're seeing this on your side as well, but because the pandemic has turned so many things online, although there's been this kind of booming of creativity and online presence and, you know, new side projects and entrepreneurship and all this amazing creative stuff, I think there's definitely been a lot of comparison going on and a lot of overwhelm. And I think, uh, I know I've experienced it. I've seen a lot of other people experience it. And I think that for me, what helps remind me to kind of take a deep breath and not spiral into the comparison mode is just remembering that I'm on my own journey regarding branding, regarding my social media presence, regarding my projects, my life. I mean, everything. It's kind of applicable to everything, not just, you know, the business and branding, but really taking a moment to refocus the attention on my journey and my accomplishments and not comparing myself with other people's accomplishments. Yeah, no, you make such a good point. This is such a nice reminder to reflect on and even just pause for people to understand where they're at in their own journey and that it doesn't need to look like the highlight reel that's on everybody else's feed. And yeah, it's so refreshing. Totally. And it's like, oftentimes, I think that I forget this as well, is that I'm not necessarily comparing my highlight reel, whether it's business or personal or branding or whatnot. I'm not comparing my highlight to other people's highlights. I'm comparing my inner failure or my inner messiness to other people's perfectly social media filtered versions of themselves. And so it's like, 
I have to constantly remind myself that if I'm going to compare, which let's try not to, but if we're going to, then let's take my, you know, version that has been perfected and filtered and compare that with someone else's. Because at a certain point, it's like, of course, if I'm in my pajamas, I just woke up and I overslept and I'm looking at someone else's feed and they're, you know, going on a jog and they're doing their thing and they, this accomplishment, that accomplishment, it's like not comparing on an equal ground. And so just remembering that sometimes takes the shift away from that sense of overwhelm that you were talking about. Yeah, that's absolutely so refreshing. And especially as a multi-passionate person too, hearing about your experiences through, we'll dive into the deep space a little bit more, but also like through your modeling experiences, I think it's so refreshing to hear that as well. Like has that experience kind of brought in different reflections for you on how you show up, especially on social media, I guess, and the connections that you have with people? Totally. I mean, so I've been a mod. I started when I was 15 and I'm 28 now. And I did modeling full time. I lived in all the fashion capitals and that kind of like dream thing that you think about of a successful model. And of course, there are amazing things that happen from that. But one of the more negative things I would say is that there is this sense of having this higher standard of what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to show up, even down towards like your mood, like you're always kind of supposed to be happy and perfect and great and this and that. I think that actually social media has been a real opportunity to have a bit more control over my image, if that makes sense. Like before social media, like the image of who I was was so controlled by my agency and they chose my haircut, how they wanted me to dress, how they wanted me to look, what personality like I had. I remember even an agent in Paris, don't speak your French Quebecois because it sounds really bad. Just pretend that you don't speak French. I'm like, uh, hello, I'm from Montreal. I'm going to speak French (laughs) when I'm in, you know, France. On the one hand, there is a lot of negative comparison and high expectations. But then on the other hand, social media has given me an opportunity to not totally rebrand myself. I'll do posts about having bad days or struggling with anxiety and depression, or I talk a lot about my period because why not? Taking away a bit of this pressure that other people might feel as well, looking at these professional images of myself and being like, wow, I could never be that. But what you don't see is the hair, the makeup, the hours of, you know, lighting and, and adjusting and, and all that. And so I think that, well, I hope that my social media has been a way to kind of break down that image of a model being this perfect thing all around. And I hope to keep finding ways to make it a bit more authentic and use it as a positive tool for sure. Yeah, it definitely helps humanize you in so many aspects. And I'm not sure about you or to those listening to this episode right now, but I am a huge fan of deep conversation, I have to say, and especially with strangers, oddly enough. And so this is something that I really (laughs) feel like I miss a lot, especially not being able to travel as much like you had mentioned and have these different types of experiences with people and perhaps because we're also physically distant at the moment from our loved ones, especially that connection so integral to that relationship. So why is having that safe space to have deeper conversations so transformative? Yeah, I mean, such a great question. And I'm constantly wondering about why this is such an important part of my life. So as I said, there was the modeling part. And that's been a huge part of my life and living in New York for a decade and all that, you know, culture, city, you know, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, But the other side of my life has been this continuous deep growth on a spiritual journey, on a mental health journey, a lot of community work. And I've always had that in my life. Even as a kid growing up, my parents teach wilderness survival and team building and all that stuff. So there was always kind of that big 
focus also on personal growth and community and development, personal development and stuff like that. The Deep Space, which is my once a month conversation series that's happening uh, through Zoom right now, is where I get to create those really safe spaces for deep human conversation and connection, but in a space that doesn't feel like group therapy or clinical or I don't know, for lack of a better word, like it doesn't feel like this lame kind of, okay, let's talk about our feelings. Because sometimes those environments, like although they're so great, they're not really appealing to a lot of people. So I'm really excited by the idea of creating safe spaces to have deep conversations, but in an environment that is taking into account like culture and technology and where we're at and being able to integrate it into our lives and maybe a more authentic way than like going on that once a year yoga retreat and having that experience and then coming back. The important part for me is finding a way to kind of inject it into your day-to-day life or maybe your monthly life, but having it be a space where you feel like it's really accessible to go and join in without having to go on that, you know, yoga retreat or, or self-help journey. Yeah. And you mentioned that personal growth is really important to you too. And I think there's a big difference as well, having gone through my own experience of like therapy sessions as well. And it it is a journey to find the right therapist or the right support that you're looking for. And uh, sorry, I've had more therapists than boyfriends and I've had a lot of boyfriends. So that's <laughs> to tell you something. It's very hard to find a good fit for sure. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between, I believe, sympathy and empathy as well. And what form can that take in terms of that deeper dive into our own personal growth and that empathy with other people? Like, yeah, what type of modalities or um, different forms do you kind of explore with the deep space? Yeah. So a lot of the focus on the deep space, and this is one of actually the core parts of the facilitator training that I just led for a group of facilitators that are part of the event. So when you come to the deep space, you'll be separated into, we call them pods. So you're in a little pod of like six people and you'll have a facilitator there. And one of the main skills that we're trying to have the facilitators build is proper active listening skills. And so we all kind of have this idea of like, okay, now we know it's important to listen and it's important to understand people and where they're coming from, but how do we actually do that? And that's where I get real geeky about it from my studies and from different trainings that I've done. One of the real focuses for us, especially at the deep space is deep listening. I could give an example of what that looks like is that oftentimes when you come to, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself, if you've been to any sort of online group or community or forum, oftentimes when we're in a sharing circle, there's going to be a lot of anxiety about how we show up and if we're going to say things in the right way. And I know I have that. And oftentimes instead of listening to what the other person is expressing, We're often caught up in like, oh shit, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? Is it going to be relevant? Is it going to be cool enough? Is it going to be woke enough? And then all of a sudden we're lost out of the moment and we're kind of in this thinking brain mode. And then when it is our turn to talk, like we're just supposed to then come back and be authentic and be in the moment. No, we're already out here on this other playing field, right? And so one of the things that I encourage the facilitators to practice is to notice what level of listening you're at. Are you listening to the other person talk and really trying to understand what they're saying and search for like, okay, what's behind that? What's the emotion behind what the person is saying? Or are you listening to yourself and going, how am I going to respond to this? How does it, how could I do it? And then that, that blabber going on. And it's really an interesting thing happens when we focus on what other people 
are truly trying to say. It brings you in the moment. And then when it's your turn to talk, you're in the moment. And so things are going to come out a bit more authentically. You're going to feel more connected to what you're talking about. And that's ultimately a gift for others. But the number one thing, which sounds counterintuitive, like to be a good talker and to share, you know, good stuff. But the really the number one thing, it starts with listening and, and being curious about other people's experiences. Yeah, there's definitely not enough of it out there. And I think similarly in that comparison game, this is kind of a muscle that you need to continue flexing, right? That listening piece as well. Totally. Because it's not necessarily always second nature to us. And whether you are kind of a deer in the headlights type person when it comes to your chance to speak and shine or kind of that word vomit in a way also, I think listening is definitely something that we can all incorporate more of. But I saw that you had posted a quote that had mentioned perfection is the enemy of good. And this has stuck with me ever since. And so (laughs) (laughs) similarly to the comparison uh, analysis that you mentioned, it's something that really, really stuck with me. And so that feeling to not have to be perfect all the time and to just be aware of ourselves in that given moment, it's something that I think we can all be conscious of, especially when that feeling or those thoughts start creeping in. And so what are some signs that we can actually look out for, for when it comes to either perfectionism or even low self-esteem in that sense? Oh my goodness. Well, I am such a pro at those things because I've experienced them so much. First of all, there's this sort of idea that there's two types of pressures right? And there's the external pressure, like let's say I'm doing a class presentation and there's actually external pressure. I'm getting graded on this. So that's a real pressure. And the second pressure is this idea of the internal pressure. So the pressure that I'm putting on myself. And oftentimes if we really, really, really boil it down and look at, okay, where is the pressure actually coming from? For me, at least I can speak from my own experience. Like 90% of the pressure is coming from, I want to be perfect. I want to look good. I want to sound good. I want to, that kind of spirals off into the thinking of putting all this pressure on myself. It was funny because I was working with my therapist, I think before actually a school presentation, because I get really nervous with public speaking. And she told me to repeat in my head, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like, it's okay to be nervous it's okay to be nervous. It's okay. And I just kept saying that over and over and over again, because I had this idea that I needed to not only perform greatly, but not have any anxiety before, during, or after doing this performance. And then once I realized like, wow, all of that pressure, if my teacher was putting half that amount of pressure on me, I would be you know, freaked out. It's really tough to recognize those signs. I find it takes a a bit of practice, but for me, I think it's just slowing things down and going, okay, am I putting pressure on myself right now? How can I switch this up? How can I lower the expectations while keeping that energy and that excitement? That's something that I find is really hard. It's like, let's listen to ourselves and be in the moment and be respectful of our energy levels, but also I want to perform and I want to go hard and I want to work and I want to achieve great things in life. And it's this idea of balancing the two. And that's a really, really hard kind of lifelong journey balance to achieve. But I think it starts with, again, listening and noticing, am I putting pressure on myself right now? Okay. Can I try to go hit for the 80% mark instead of the 100% mark? 
and how does that feel? And oftentimes when we lower the pressure for ourselves, there's a bit of an ease and a flow that comes to it. And there's a lot less kind of panic and anxiety around it. That's definitely uh, a reality for me. Those feelings can definitely coexist together. And like everything that we mentioned in this episode, I think that it's a work in progress and becoming more aware and like in tune with who you are and how you react to things as well. And I often tell myself too, that those nervous ticks and energy are definitely signs that you still care, that you want to do well and that you can look at it in a positive way too, and that they're not there to sabotage you all the time. And, you know, I can totally relate to that. We often can get in our own way of our own internal pressures and it's not always easy to mitigate that, but just being able to be aware of those barriers that we put on ourselves. But what would you say are your top three tips to how we can kind of just reduce that overwhelm? Ooh. Okay. So I think the first thing would be acceptance because oftentimes when I'm in that phase of whether it's a performance or an exam, I don't know, whatever situation it is where I'm putting that high pressure and I need to be perfect and I need to do it a hundred percent. The first thing is noticing that I'm doing that. So just the awareness of, wow, I'm having a reaction of uh, stress or that initial, you know, which could be good, that little fire to do a good performance. But not only am I feeling that, oh, I'm aware that I'm having a reaction to that reaction. And it's like, then I'm having a reaction to the reaction and then a reaction to the reaction to the reaction. (laughs) And all of a sudden I've kind of built this thing up. So the first thing for me would just be to notice and to be aware that this is happening and I'm in this sort of cycle of anxiety or or pressure or self-esteem spiral, whatever you want to call it. And then the second thing would be to accept So this idea of it's okay, right? Kind of like you just said, like, it's okay to have that little anxiety. That means we still care. That means we're on high alert. That means that our nerves are functioning the way they should be. And that it's okay to feel anxious about something, about a performance, about, you know, different uh, accomplishments in life. And then I think the third one, I mean, it really depends what kind of situation that I'm in. I like this idea of stretching the comfort zone and taking action, but in a way that's not going so far that I go into panic mode, and then I kind of slingshot back into my little uh, comfort zone. And so if you could imagine, for those listening, you can imagine kind of like a bullseye. So there's like a small circle in the middle, and then there's a medium circle above that, and then there's a big circle on the outside. So the small circle on the inside is my comfort zone. And the circle after that is my stretch zone. And the one on the very far end is the panic zone. And so once I've done the, okay, I have, I'm aware that I'm putting this pressure on myself. Number two, I'm accepting that it's okay. I have the acceptance, which is easier said than done, to be honest. Then I have to decide the action to take afterwards. If I'm going, okay, I have awareness of the pressure. I've accepted it. Okay, now I'm going to go and I'm going to take care of the whole presentation. I'm going to do the entire thing from start to finish. Well, I've just gone from my comfort zone all the way to panic. If it goes wrong, then I slingshot back and my comfort zone little circle in the middle gets smaller. But if I'm able to assess where my comfort zone is, where my stretch zone is, and kind of work on slowly, you know, step by step working on that. So maybe it's, you know, doing part of the presentation and then sitting in the back for the rest of it or whatever that looks like for me or for you, if you're practicing this at home or at school or at work or wherever it is. And so this idea of taking action, but based on where I'm at in the moment 
and making sure that I'm being gentle on myself to, to still go out to that stretch zone, but to not go so far that I'm in the panic. And that's where the phrase that you coined, <laughs> that I coined from, I don't know where I heard it, I think my brother said it, is that perfect is the enemy of good. So this idea that if I'm reaching for that, then that's the best thing to do. But most of the time for me, if I'm reaching for 100%, that's just way too much pressure. And I end up either procrastinating, not doing it, or slingshotting back to my comfort zone and making it smaller. And ultimately, through many years of practice and whatnot, I've decided that for me, the best way to do it is to slowly stretch that comfort zone bit by bit, so that I'm not having these high expectations of myself that aren't realistic. I tell that to my ego. <laughs> it's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those small steps definitely end up into the bigger slingshot of things, I think, as well. Totally, totally. I would like to encourage people to try getting into deep conversations and pushing the boundaries again in the stretch zone uh, methodology bit by bit to keep on being curious about their experiences and other people's experiences and having conversations that could potentially put you in an uncomfortable mindset or, or a challenging mindset. But I think it's really important, especially now more than ever, to find ways to connect and to support each other and to be of service by showing up and connecting with others. And so I'm really encouraging whatever way that shows up, call a family member, have coffee with a friend, or try something new. And we met through an online community. And I think there's so many other amazing ones out there that are accessible, even in these times of social distancing. It's really important to connect. Highly recommend people put that on the high priority of their list of things to do. Absolutely. And it's something to look forward to as well. So I want to dive in. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> what are you currently celebrating? I just got engaged. And I am still in full celebration. I don't have a, a humble bone in my body for this particular celebration. I'm like showing everyone my ring. I'm showing everyone the flowers. I'm showing everyone pictures and I'm in full celebration mode. <laughs> Amazing. As you should. And you know, no shame or anything. I think it's something that you can totally <laughs> relish in for the rest of your lives together. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah I'm in full brag mode. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the number one thing that you want people to have fun with from this episode? Ooh, I would like to have people try playing around with those three steps I was talking about. So acknowledging that you're feeling stressed, then accepting it, and then deciding what action to take according to how you're feeling in the moment and finding that zone where you're pushing yourself a little bit, but you're not going too far. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chantel, for taking the time to join in on the fun on the Brand Party podcast. Where can people find out more about you? Thank you so much for having me. This is great. People can definitely find me on the gram. My personal one is at Chantal Staff Ab, S-T-A-F-F-A-B-B. And the deep space is very active on Instagram as well. So that you can find it at the.deepspace. And if you want to have access to early tickets, uh, learn more about what the deep space is about, you can feel free to DM me on the deep space Instagram. Amazing. Thanks so much, Chantal. Thank you. Did you have fun? Share it with all your friends with the screenshot of this episode. The more, the merrier. Tag at Brand Party Podcast and hashtag Brand Party Podcast on Instagram to continue this after party. Thank you.